Hey, thank you for listening to the Garverar Show. Each episode, we provide quality sports discussions from a diverse group of perspectives. Tune in every week to hear us talking about your favorite topics. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Garverora Show. My name is Yori, and here are today's topics. First, we'll talk about the Patriots being exposed. Then we'll talk about Cam Newton's future. Then we'll jump to the NBA and talk about LeBron's goatness. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll talk about some load management and stay tuned for the awards of the week. Let's get it. All right, first, we have New England at Baltimore as the Baltimore Ravens handed the Patriots their first L of the season by dominating the ground game and scoring 37 points on a top-two New England defense. The Ravens rushed for 210 yards, and the trend has been that any team with an explosive ground game is able to compete with the New England Patriots. What do you guys think? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, to me, New England, they on their first real test of the season. I mean, the Patriots going into this game were undefeated, a 17-41 and record of their opponents, which is pretty bad, as we know. 210 yards the Ravens put up on the ground, and Sunday night was the first time since Week 7 of the 2014 season that the New England Patriots have allowed more than 200 rushing yards. So it doesn't really happen to them much at all. And it's a fourth time the Ravens have put up at least 200 yards this season. So the Ravens are a very good running team. And, you know, having a mobile quarterback, of course, who can scramble out of the pocket helps. But when you have the run game going against New England, they are a different football team. They're not the big, bad Patriots that we typically tend to see. And 38 points, like, that's unbelievable. And we barely see that against New England. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 17 of 23, 163 yards and one touchdown. Did pretty good uh, in terms of keeping the ball uh, protected. He also had 16 attempts with 61 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Even uh, Mark Ingram, 15 attempts, 115 yards. He's been playing really well this year. And Gus Edwards even got included in that mix with a touchdown. So that's very great to see that trio just rocking and rolling, especially against a team that's been playing so well like New England. And then on top of that, I mean, Lamar Jackson is just a pure example of how dangerous, you know, a running quarterback can be in the National Football League. And I really think that the one thing that people don't say enough is Lamar Jackson this year has been really great because he's been making those passes that he couldn't make last year and he's really putting them in tight windows now he can throw on the run brilliantly Lamar Jackson's a great quarterback yeah you bring up a couple good points uh in terms of the Patriots I'm not really worried I think a lot of people are overreacting right now uh, we're used to seeing them almost inexplicably drop like a game every year where we just they just don't show up and we can't really explain why but it happens uh, they'll still be in the playoffs, hot take, but I'm not worried about them. The real issue, that, and you talked about it, is a lot of people are finally starting to give Lamar Jackson credit, and you said not many before had been, but I know one person who was giving him credit. That's me. I said even after post-week one when they played the Dolphins, I was saying he is the new wave of quarterbacks. It's new Jack City, 
because Lamar Jackson has shown strides this year from last year. Everyone, I mean, you had when he was getting drafted, Bill Polian and guys like that saying, oh, he should be a receiver. He w- He's not a good quarterback. Uh, he's athletic, but he doesn't know how to play the position. And even after the end of the season, I mean, he took them to the playoffs and he had a bad first half against the Chargers, but he really played well down the stretch of that game. It was too little, too late. But he's made strides from last year to this year that are noticeable, especially with his deep ball. And it's really made his game that much harder to uh, scheme against. And you saw it because Belichick's known for one thing, and that's taking away what's best. And everyone going into this game was saying Belichick's going to take away the dual threat of Lamar Jackson, and that is not at all what happened. And Yori brought it up. It starts with the run game, Mark Ingram up the middle, because if you can establish that in between the tackles running, that allows for Lamar Jackson to go and do all those trick plays, the wishbone formation where you're running sweep one way or reverse the other. Lamar Jackson's kind of dancing around. But the real thing is, is Lamar Jackson himself. I mean, we saw some stuff that game that is video game-esque. I mean, the play where he jukes two separate defenders, grabs his offensive lineman and throws him into another defender to block for him was just insane. And the thing is, and it's not something that's usually sustainable, he's the best athlete anytime he steps onto the field on a field of world-class athletes. And he showed that again this week. And in a league now that contains quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, uh, Dwayne Haskins, uh, Teddy Bridgewater even played well, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz has shown a little more, more mobility this year. It's not just the cement-footed pocket passer anymore. He's showing that it is sustainable, and it really reflects better on John Harbaugh as a coach because it shows that true coaching is he said, look, we can't just keep looking for this once-in-a-lifetime quarterback. We need to go all in and make our playbook around Lamar Jackson to allow him to thrive in the best possible way, and it's really paid off, and I think he's going to be the answer for a long time to come. Yeah, and you mentioned that video game aspect of Lamar Jackson. I mean, him extending that ball across the goal line for the final touchdown, I get his offensive lineman pulled him, but that's insane. I mean, just to reach the ball out over the end zone and to make sure that you still have possession of that because that can easily get punched out. I mean, man, Lamar Jackson... Terrific quarterback, and he's really becoming his own now. The AFC should be really worried, especially for years to come, because this isn't just this year. All right, let's transition and talk about backup QBs. Cam Newton was just placed on IR this week. He did you dirty, KC! And a lot of reports are coming out that Cam has already played his last game as a Panther. Uh, Could we potentially see... Cam on the move this offseason, Casey. Uh, I mean, I feel like I need some like sad music to get me through this to play right now. Yeah, that that's perfect, like that. But uh, I don't even have the energy to come back at Yori for trying to take a shot like that. That's just how this has ruined my experience. For those of you that don't know, we've mentioned it before, but I am a huge Cam Newton fan, Cam Newton apologist. Um and it's just ridiculous. The Panthers don't deserve them if they're even questioning whether you go with Kyle Allen or Cam Newton. Um, but we're talking about an organization who, looking back at it, has failed him anyway. I mean, he's never had a good offensive line. Uh, we saw that in the Super Bowl against the Broncos where he was always under fire. He hasn't had a true number one receiver since Steve Smith Sr. left. I mean, he's been doing it with guys like Brandon LaFell and Ted Ginn Jr., who every time he catches the ball is looking for the sideline. Um so, yeah, I don't even know anymore, man. I just hope they let him go because they don't deserve him. He goes to a team where he's going to flourish and comes back 
and either plays them or goes to the Super Bowl and just lights the league on fire again because many people forget we're talking about like he hasn't been good since 2015. He was in MVP talks early last year again until TJ Watt injured him in that primetime game versus Steelers and he wasn't the same since. Well, he was on a record pace in terms of his career completion percentage in the first half. He was playing well, the team was playing well, and it all went downhill when he got hurt. So let's not talk about him like he's washed or he hasn't been good since 2015 because we've seen it. He just can't stay healthy right now. Oh my God, who the hell cares? Yeah, that Ron Rivera-Cam Newton relationship doesn't seem to be working out, especially with the emergence of Kyle. Yeah, Cam Newton with Carolina, it doesn't seem like that's going to be a long-term relationship anymore. So I think they should trade Cam Newton, and I have some teams for you, Casey, that they should trade Cam Newton to. I want you to tell me the best team out of these for Cam Newton in terms of Carolina trading assets or whatever or seeking assets that's another situation but which team out of these teams would you think is the best fit for Cam Newton we'll start with number one the Chicago Bears I think that'll be great for him great defense there decent receiving core but of course the Chicago Bears you can get away with a lot more than you can with Carolina's defense number two the Denver Broncos you have John Elway there who somehow can't get a quarterback I mean I I don't know for being as good as he was he's pretty bad at evaluating quarterback talent but they need a quarterback the New York Jets do as well and same as the Miami Dolphins obviously you're not going to pick the Dolphins so who would you say is the best team out of those for Cam so in terms of best fit as they are now um of the teams you said because you also have to think about teams that maybe they want to move on from the quarterback option they have now but just from the teams you said I would say Chicago um, they have the defense that's a lot similar to the Panthers 2015 defense um, and he plays really well when he has a defense that can help him on the other end so he can play a little more loose he's not worried about turning the ball over um, yeah but the team honestly I want to see him go to in terms of a fan because I think it's the Dolphins uh, but you have to think of it as the Dolphins next year because obviously he's not going to join the Dolphins roster as it currently is and take him to the Super Bowl. But you have to remember the Dolphins have acquired a number of first-round picks. They have plenty of cap room coming up in the next year. Uh, obviously, they're going for Tua, but I think Cam is better than Tua will be. Obviously, it's hard to say without him being there, but Cam's established himself as an MVP-level quarterback. Uh, it's not like you can find those on trees anywhere. So... Cam Newton on the Dolphins would just make me smile if the Dolphins put pieces around him, use those draft picks well. Cam Newton took that team and said to everyone, look, here's the team that you guys were talking about, possibly the worst team of all time. And you also said I was washed and look what I did because, I mean, I I know he can still do it and people that actually watch the Panthers and watch Cam Newton know he's way better than Kyle Allen. But obviously the people who just look at wins and losses don't know that. So that's what I would like. But like Chicago makes sense, especially with guys like Allen Robinson there and an established defense. But we'll see. All right. Let's move on to athletes that do not get paid and discuss the college football playoff rankings. At number one, we got Ohio State. At number two, we got LSU. Alabama at number three. And Penn State at number four. So what are you guys' thoughts on the first set of rankings for the college football playoff? Yeah, obviously, first set of rankings, as you said. I mean, Ohio State 1, LSU 2, Alabama 3, Penn State 4. 
Uh, look, Penn State's playing great defense. They're really looking like a great caliber team to probably get in the playoffs, but to be over Clemson, I'm not sure right now. And then Alabama and LSU, I mean, they play each other this week, so there's a lot to change in terms of rankings, just the first set, but that's my take on it. Yeah, look, my thing is I don't read into the first set really ever. I mean, look at the four we have now. Everyone's debating, oh, why isn't Clemson in? Why is Clemson at five? They're undefeated. They haven't lost, and they won the championship last year. I mean, it really doesn't matter. We still have a month left of football. What it is is just content. Like, it's made so that people can discuss it, debate it, give college football publicity. But, I mean, you think about it. We literally are going to have a big game coming up, LSU-Alabama. So one of them after this week is going to be out of the top four. So it literally means nothing because we still have a whole month of football left to play. Okay, let's transition into the NBA and discuss the biggest debate right now, load management. I want to give my opinion on this. I think it's a problem. It's one thing when athletes are actually hurt and want to sit out. And it's another thing when they purposely sit out. I... I mean, the average NBA player is making $8 million a year, and other players who we consider to be elite, they're making at least $20 million a year. And Michael Jordan used to say this to his players, you're paid to play 82 games, and a lot more fans would like to see players play more games. So my solution is limit playing time. So instead of having players sit out for multiple games, limit their time. I mean, there's only 12 minutes in a basketball quarter. Yeah, I think load management is a good thing. So I kind of disagree with what you said. But I mean, even Kwai said himself last year that without load management, they wouldn't have won the NBA finals. So I think load management shows you that you don't always need to play your best players and you don't always need to have them through a duration of an 82-game season because they're just more fresh when it comes to that late playoff push that you're trying to make. Uh, In terms of the back-to-back games with Kawhi, I think what really bothers people, and obviously everybody would love to see these superstar athletes play, but they would rather see their team actually win too. And I think with these reactions you see, they're really based on just Kawhi doing this in terrible timing. I mean, he's not playing on a nationally primetime game that's going to get a lot of heads. If this was just an in-market game, I don't think it will be discussed about nearly as much as it's been on Twitter or wherever in the past 24 hours. Casey, what are your thoughts? Look, you both kind of touched on it a little bit. The real question here is, are players paid to play 82 games or are they paid to win championships? Because that's my thing is, it's nice if you play 82 games, but Kawhi, I'm sure you asked Raptors fans last year and now I'm sure they'll take winning that championship over, would they have rather seen Kawhi 12 more times, He or 22 more times he played 60 games last year? They're going to take that title every time. I mean, the thing is, is everyone's looking in the wrong direction. It's not the teams, because I guarantee you the Clippers had this conversation when trying to court Kawhi and get him to come to the team. They were probably already well aware of what his plans are in terms of rest, and the NBA can't act blindsided about this back-to-back because we know Kawhi doesn't play back-to-backs, and they scheduled back-to-back nationally televised games with the Bucks and the Blazers, so you already knew he was going to miss one of those. So the fact that people are acting blindsided, that's just poor scheduling on the NBA's part. 
But the team shouldn't be held responsible because, like I said, they're worried about keeping their players for when their free agency comes up. So they want to please their players, keep with what the players want. So if Kawhi wants to rest, they're obviously going to support him. What you really need to worry about is obviously TV partners is the league's main concern. But you also have to think about fans of other teams like fans, say, here in Philly or Maybe look at fans of a team that's not in the playoffs. Say the fans of the Memphis Grizzlies. There's fans who love basketball who want to see Kawhi. So they're waiting for that one time, two times a year when the Clippers roll into town. They're circling it. Maybe they buy those tickets in advance. They show up to the game and Kawhi's not playing. Those are the fans you have to worry about alienating. But, I mean, you can't really expect the teams to do anything because they're obviously just going to side with their star player. All right. Another story is the Lakers' comeback against the Chicago Bulls. After the game, LeBron tweeted, Hashtag washed king. He also became the first Laker with three straight triple doubles in 32 years. Is LeBron leading the MVP conversation this early in the season? Yeah, right now I would include LeBron as my leading candidate. I mean, LeBron James is playing as the LeBron we know him as. I mean, previously in Cleveland, we've seen him be just a king and right now he's playing like it i mean there are some other ones that i'll consider Giannis, luca anthony uh, Kawhi leonard all playing very well but right now for me lebron james especially playing the way he is uh he's definitely leading it in my book yeah the wash king thing really caught me by surprise because for me personally lebron's always on my list for mvp at the beginning of the season because he's still the greatest player on the planet in my opinion um, and I, it also caught me by surprise because it's not like you've been seeing a lot of people in the media saying that. I think it's probably more he just feels uh, the Kawhi thing in L.A. now where Kawhi and people are crowning him as the best player. But in terms of MVP, I mean, yeah, the names you mentioned are going to be there from start to finish. Leonard Greek Freak, unless there's an injury, of course. But uh, the two I wanted to talk about, uh, Luca, like you had mentioned, Luca's almost averaging a triple-double again early in the season. We can't stress that enough. But he's just under 10 assists and 10 rebounds per game. He's averaging over 26 points per game. But another one, and this is mostly because he seems to have taken a great leap from last year to this year, is Devin Booker. Uh, Devin Booker's averaging as well over 26 points a game, five assists. He's shooting 50% from three. Uh, I think the addition, and it's the same thing with Luka, additions are the key. The addition in the case of Devin Booker of Ricky Rubio has really helped him because he doesn't have to be their primary ball handler. He can do a lot more with catch and shoot where he can show his abilities as a scorer instead of more as a space creator and having everything run through him like it has in the past. And with Luka, Kristaps has really made it so everything doesn't have to run through him as well. Kristaps has allowed him to play off of Luka and Luka vice versa play off of Kristaps and it's really benefited Luca, and I think both of those are going to be in the conversation as well well it's time for the awards of the week where each week we give out awards to people who never fail to disappoint my first award is called showing Patrick Mahomes is a system QB this award goes to Matt Moore I would like to give the thank you for bailing me out award to the doctor of UFC 244 for bailing out Nate Diaz and getting all of the blame from fans instead of Nate Diaz for his terrible performance. Mm, both great awards, but for me, I am giving the going off script award to the Miami Dolphins for actually winning an NFL football game. And the award for jackass of the week should honestly go to the New York Jets because shame on them, honestly. I mean, I know you're bad, but you beat the Cowboys and you can't beat the Dolphins? That's pathetic. 
Anyway, thank you for listening to the Garverora Show. More episodes to come next week, so stay tuned. And if you haven't listened to that Charles Dupre's interview, that was posted on Monday, so go give that a listen as well. Besides that, everyone have a good night. Take care.